Hey everybody, what is going on? And welcome back once again to a brand new episode of Sweeten Up, episode number 46. I know on the last episode I said it was episode number 44. It was actually episode number 45 with Matt Stanzak. Apologize for that. Mistakes happen. I am human just like anyone else. And I'm your host, Jeff Spencer, and I'm coming at you from my podcast studio located in the heart of Newtown, Connecticut for at least two more weeks. Thank you so much for taking some time to join me today. I greatly appreciate it, whether you have for a while or you are today for the first time. It means a lot to all of us here at the podcast. As always, if you like what you hear on the podcast today, please be sure to subscribe anywhere you get your podcast so that you never miss a future episode. You can find the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Sweeten Up Podcast. Also, if you have a suggestion for the podcast, want to write into the show, or would like to be a guest on the podcast down the road, please reach out to us at sweetenuppodcast at gmail.com. With that being said, my guest on the podcast today is the great and powerful Jeff Taby. Jeff Taby and Steph Sweeney are the owners of Taproot in Bethel, Connecticut. Chef Taby previously served as the executive chef of Kawani and Westport, a Japanese izakawa serving globally inspired small plates and ramen. He also was the executive chef of Oak and Almond in Norwalk, a new American restaurant featuring farm-to-table wood-fired fare. Prior to bringing his simple and seasonal cooking style to Connecticut's ever-booming restaurant scene, Taby earned his stripes all over the globe. His resume includes positions in Thailand, St. Pierre, Singapore, and Beaches, Turks and Caicos, as well as stints at Abigail Kirsch and Union Square Cafe in his native New York. Jeff and I had such a fun conversation live in the Sweeten Up podcast studio, talking all things taproot, the new menu, what it's like cooking all over the globe, his culinary icons, learning about food and culture, and so much more. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here he is, my friend, Chef Jeff Taby. Joining me on the podcast today, live inside the Sweeten Up podcast studios, I am so thrilled to be sitting across from this lovely gentleman, someone I've admired for many, many years, definitely one of the great chefs here in the state of Connecticut, the great and powerful Chef Jeff Taby. And uh, Chef, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited about this. <laughs> of course. Thanks for coming by. It's yeah. a nice, nice, relaxing night. It's cold out, but... It's we're cold. warm down here, and <laughs> we're just going to hang out and have a nice conversation and cool. give everyone something uh, something nice to listen to right now, yeah, wherever they might be in it. their car or working or working out or whatever it is. So anyway, Jeff. Yes, sir. How you been, man? With, I've been doing great. With COVID, you know, that, I, one place I like to start with everything going on. Sure. How you been doing? I mean, COVID's been crazy. The last year's been crazy, especially in your industry, and we're, we're going to get into that. So yeah. how are you? How's the family? What's going on? Family's great. Um... COVID, uh, obviously, like many people out there, kind of, you know, <laughs> threw us off track a little bit. It's a little. Um, but no, we, I think we've kind of handled it well. The family's handled it well. You know, uh, tough having them home, doing homeschool most of the time. But, you know, uh, the little one, I have a four-year-old who goes every day, which is nice to give us a break. And then a 15-year-old who half the time he's in, half the time he's home, but it doesn't really matter. Gotcha. You know? <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. You know. Uh, but yeah, I, I think in general, uh, COVID... Uh, it taught us different ways to do things for sure. You know, it, you know, it, it, you kind of figure things out and you kind of just keep trying to strive through and make it all happen. Right. That's awesome. And, you know, and I can tell and I can tell. And, you know, I know that besides 
Taproot uh, 2.0, the new that yeah. we just <laughs> just got going as of literally last week, and I can't wait to talk about that. But then also the food truck. Yep. So you got a lot going on with yeah. COVID and everything like that. So that must be exciting. Well, the food truck. Um, unfortunately, the the last couple of months I haven't been able to run it with everything going on. Yeah, obviously, of with uh, the restaurant changing over. Um, but we literally, I brought that thing back a week before everything got shut down. So I, all yeah, the plans <laughs> and all the parties and everything I had yeah. lined up kind of, you know, went to the wayside. And yep. we we made it happen. You know, we we covered our uh, our uh, you know bases for the first couple months, and we had a really solid summer with it. Um, but then I, you know, come winter time, you know, I had to really focus on the restaurant. You know, we, once kind of, we went back indoors, you know, sales dropped a little bit. So we had to, you know, really focus and push some to go stuff, start doing some different parties and things like that. You know, not parties, but you know, just packages that, you know, uh, on a larger scale. So. Right. That's awesome. But yeah, but I'm looking forward actually the truck, uh, we have a lot of plans for the future, uh, this coming year. Working with Nod Hill a lot over in Ridgefield, and uh, hopefully we'll have a really solid, solid uh, summer and year with the truck. You know, I hope to make that the thing. Yeah, that's awesome, and yeah. I love it. On the fly food truck, yeah, is just really, really great. I mean, Thank you. and it was so nice to run into you mm -hmm. um, during the hectic year of last year in the fall in October when I was at Reverie yeah. interviewing them for the podcast, and it was nice to run into you and and get to get to finally meet you and chat and everything like that. Yeah, well, luckily <laughs> I, I was able to get over there. You know, I met Frank um, just through obviously industry things. Um, and he said, hey, why don't you come on over? And uh, I enjoyed it. I loved being over there. It's a really cool setup. Uh, the beer's awesome. And uh, so it, it was really cool. And I mean, those guys over there are really awesome, down to earth. And so I like working with people like that. You know, like, like I said, I like working with those guys. I like working with, uh, you know, Dave over at Knot Hill. So it's fun when you, you create this little community, you know, within itself and, you know, just kind of keep going. No, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, they are great guys. It's a great space. Um, so it's just a great vibe that's sure. going on between you guys. And I can't wait to see it continue to grow. And, uh, and you know, and speaking of growing and everything like that, definitely take me back. You know, where did it all start for you? Um, yeah. did, you did you always want to get into this industry and be a chef and cook? Did you always like to cook? Yeah, well, I, I've always liked cooking. That's for sure. Awesome. Uh, this definitely wasn't the career path, though. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to... I was probably cooking when I was nine, 10 years old. Nice. Um, I used to go to my friends on sleepovers and, uh, you know, with the baseball team or whatever. And I'd be the first one up at like eight o'clock in the morning, making bacon and eggs for everyone. <laughs> or every Sunday I'd wake up for my family and make breakfast. And that's awesome. That's where it started. And then I think in high school, when I wasn't playing sports, I would be, you know, I, I would come home, watch the food network and try to duplicate anything like Mario Batali or Bobby Flay did on TV. That's when they were the big things on Food Network, you know? And so I've always had this love for it, but I was always more so into sports. You know, I went to college my freshman year to play baseball. Oh, nice. And um, after my freshman year, I, I, I kind of came to a crossroads. It was like, you know what? Am I really going to do this for the rest of my life? Or am I going to do something I really want to love? And talking to my brother, who was a chef already, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of decided like this might be the better plan for me. I really loved it. And in reality, I'm not going to be a, you know, pro anytime. So <laughs> what, know, what position did you play? I played first base. I was a lefty. So oh, my nice. options were limited. So. I love, I love first base. Yeah. I played first a little bit, even as a righty. I just, I was a natural at scooping the ball. So right. they, they always threw me over there and I had a little height, not too much, but yeah, yeah. Well, I, didn't, I didn't have the height. I, I kind of stopped growing <laughs> in eighth grade, but, 
Yeah. That's um, awesome. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I really, I loved it. And it was just kind of that thing. So I kind of dropped out of uh, school freshman year. And the following year, um, I went to French Culinary Institute over in New York. Oh, nice. Yeah. Chef um, Carl, like Chef Carlos Perez. Yes, nice. yes. Awesome. We were just talking about it. Yeah, about. that's awesome. Yeah, I uh, went over there. Um, and, and again, through a lot of... Um, influence through my brother who you know he went through the culinary route he did the he went down to baltimore uh it, the option was you know i have to wait a year get some experience and then go to the cia and then come out with loads of debt or get into the french culinary institute be surrounded by some of the best restaurants in the world and go that route and get out in six to nine months and you know kind of create your path as we know in the culinary world it's it's really about experience it's not about your you know learning how to you know draw a parallelogram or whatever you want to call it. You know, like it's not about that. It's not, you know, it's, it's about, you know, really doing the work. And right. when I was there, I would, I went to school three days a week. I was on the night program and I would just go into any kitchen. that would allow me to walk into it. And that, that was just kind of what I did, you know, and I worked for free and I just busted my ass as much as I could to kind of get somewhere. And, uh, so that was that. And then about a week after I graduated, I went right on a plane to Singapore and that's kind of what I did. And that was, oh. uh, so that's where that whole thing came. And that's I'm sure interesting. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure we're going to get into uh, the new Taproot soon. But yeah, it, it, I've and always- And so I'm assuming yep. that's where the influence for Taproot 2.0 comes, following, a, following your roots from Singapore. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of, <laughs> I've always had this love for Asia. Uh, when I was 14 years old, I played in China. I played in a baseball tournament in China. So for some reason, I've always had this- you that know, is so cool. <laughs> you know, this love for that type of uh, culture. And it's like a hustle bustle. It's, you know. That is so cool. And, and it was always great. And I was always, you know, um, infatuated with the food and, the, the, you know, the flavors and the difference of us, you know, of what we are. And I've always liked traveling. I've always liked going places and being in different places. So it just made sense. You know, I just, I went there. I, I signed up to a program. It was a two-week program. You do a really quick crash course in um, uh, Asian cooking or I should say in Southeast Asian cooking. And then they hook you up with a externship for five and a half months in one of the hotels. So I did that for six months, came back here a little bit, and then went right back to about a couple months later, I went back to Singapore again. And between Singapore and Thailand, I used to travel back and forth a little bit and uh, just cooking again, same thing. Just if you let me come into your kitchen, you don't have to pay me. I just want to work. I just want to, that's why I'm there. You know, I was 20, 21 years old and I just wanted to work and learn and Wow. And, and I loved every bit of it, you know? Wow. What a great way to, to get a view and a lens of, of, you know, the rest of, of the world, but mm -hmm. being able to do what you love at the same time and, and being able to grow and take those experiences back here so that we can see what's going on yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> for again, those of us that aren't sure we'll ever be over there. I mean, I hope so, but. <laughs> right. Well, I, I'm hoping that either people who have been there have some form of you know, that reminisce a little bit about being there right. or vice versa. People who haven't been there say, I got to go. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm hoping that's, the, that, that, that's usually what I like my food to do. Gotcha. I like my food to tell a story. I like my food to, you know, entice you in some way and bring back a memory. You know, that, that's where my food comes from. It's always something that e even when I'm cooking something Western or, you know, whatever it may be, it always starts from something I've had and it creates a memory to me. And then I try to translate it through my eyes and how I see it and how it should be. And that's always what food has been to me. It's a, it's a community thing, you know? And so, and there's no better community of cooking and food than, than Asia, you know, like the, the way that they treat food 
is just amazing. And, and I, I'm talking about the community aspect of it. You know, obviously there's great cuisines around the world, but sure. I don't want to say party, but it's always a constant vibe of people getting along and having fun and drinking and eating. <laughs> and it, it's just always this big community thing. And I, I've always loved it. That is really great. So, wow. <laughs> you want to go to Singapore? That's really now? great. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, let's, Singapore's let's, uh, a little different. Singapore's very expensive, it. but, uh, yeah. you know, like, but going to Thailand, going to Malaysia, you know, uh, going to the Philippines, they all have that one thing. And the other, the other thing that I love, and it may sound cliche or whatever, but, you know, you realize as different as everyone is, like, we all just gather around food, right? E- even here, right? We're, we're in Connecticut. At the end of the day, you think about what you're doing for lunch as soon as you eat breakfast. You're thinking oh, about yeah. what you're doing for dinner as soon as you eat lunch. It's oh, like, 100%. Or you talk to your friends, hey, we're going for a beer. What food truck is going to be there? Exactly. You know, like it, it, it's just what it is. And that's the one thing that I think that ties us all together, you know, and it's, and it's a really beautiful thing, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, I, I really love that aspect of it. It's so funny you mention that because, you know, people always say like, oh, Instagram, like it's, it's just people taking pictures of food, but that that has been one of the ways I've met people. Right. One of the ways I've like bonded with people, sharing photos of our food. Yeah. I mean, lately, like our friends were always like taking pictures of like pizza and stuff that we eat and like sending it to each other. Like Yeah. It's, it's just yeah. Look at us right now. I mean, yeah. We met at Reveries, me it's serving true. on the truck and you doing a podcast with <laughs> yeah. great beer guys. I yeah. mean, like it, it's, it's it's so pretty funny. cool that way. But it is cool. Yeah, it, it it truly is that one common denominator for all of us. You know, we all have to eat. So might as well make it a good meal, right? Exactly. And, <laughs> and have fun doing it. <laughs> exactly. And enjoy enjoy company and, right. and make and make memories. And that's what I always yeah. say to um chefs and restaurant owners who come on the podcast is that, you know, one of the one of the big things last year with everything that was going on and people not going to restaurants, I mean, I understood, you know, some people want to be safe, that's right. fine. You know, it's everyone's choice to do what they want to do. But for those that, you know, still wanted to go or could get takeout, I was saying, hey, like, go, go, go. And I know, like, a lot of the guys that work on the podcast with me, um, they all did their part, got takeout a lot. I mean, and I just told people, you know, keep supporting, keep supporting, because if they go away, where are we going to go to have our memories, to make our memories, whether it's a birthday, anniversary, a what, you know, you name it. I mean, a special event, a holiday. That's what makes it special, going to see you guys. Well, just to kind of piggyback off what you said, I sure. mean, and, and to go back to our initial conversation, the amount of support, and I talked to restaurant owners and chefs, and for from the beginning of COVID, the amount of takeout and support that each town's community has given, and a lot of these restaurants, I mean, unfortunately, we're going to lose a lot of restaurants. That's the reality of it. Yeah. And it's sad. It's sad what happened, but it is. a lot of restaurants are saved because of the community. Right. You know, you can only do so much, right? I mean, they can only eat so many places. They can only eat out <laughs> so many times a day. No, it's so true. But uh, truly, there could have been a lot more gone if the community didn't step up the way they did, you know, between raising money, uh, taking care of uh, restaurant workers, and just doing takeout, just simple takeout, you know, just kind of got people through. I know... I would say the first four months, we are not a takeout restaurant. I think I do one takeout meal every month. And we went from three quarters of our revenue coming from takeout. You know, like it's it's just phenomenal the way the community stepped up and really helped people through it, you know? That's awesome. But yeah, that's kind of just that's awesome. tied me back to that. So. No, no, of course. That's yeah. great. Thank thank you for mentioning that yeah. and bringing that up. That's awesome. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, speaking of of um, Asia like we just were yep. and, and, and everything like that and the places you had been. Uh, do you have a favorite moment or memory from when you were over there? Um, I have many. <laughs> you have many? Okay. And, and, and what's funny is uh, it, 
you know, I, I guess my staff my, and, and even Steph, my girlfriend who runs the restaurant, they're probably all getting sick of it now because everything I do and everything, <laughs> I put up a picture and it, draw, it draws me back to something. And gotcha. I put out a dish and I give them a story and they're just like, I just want to cook the dish, dude. Like, yeah. just leave me alone. You know, but, gotcha. but it, it truly, you know, like it, it, again, it sounds sappy. It sounds whatever, but like, I, I truly love what we've done there and uh, on our limited budget that we have, I think we put out a really great product. And I, I mean, we've had, we, we were open three days so far. We had a couple of people from Indonesia in uh, a couple other people in who have been over there and I'm getting such great feedback and it's so great. You know, it's really, it means a lot because the last thing I want to do to anyone's cuisine and you know, it kind of goes to the Kawani days. I, I never want to disrespect anyone. And their cuisine and, you know, being a white guy cooking Asian food, <laughs> you, you know, you kind of tread lightly, right? You know, sure. you, you don't want to, you know, you get a lot of chefs who are just throwing ginger and garlic into a thing and saying it's all of a sudden oh, an Asian dish. You oh, know? of course. Like you, you want to do things the right way. And, um, you, and the amount of feedback we've gotten, not only from, again, you know, Western people or whatever, but from people who have lived there and people are from there and it's been awesome and it's only been three days. So I'm really <laughs> excited for the future. I really, really am. Me too. And, uh, again, it, everything is a memory to me. So you may get me at your table and I might not leave. <laughs> I'm going to tell you where I had it, how it was done. And so that, yeah, again, that's what I want it to be. I want it all. And, and that's what taproot. The first one was, you know, it's everything had a reason, you know, it wasn't just, okay, let's get some cheesy farm decor and, you know, hopefully we put out good food. It was, everything was a reason, you know, like our plates were made by hand from Connor McGinn, who's a good friend of mine from high school. You know, awesome. our, our tables <laughs> were made from my best friend, uh, you know, who, uh, he, he, he's actually a musician, but he, he also does some carpentry on the side. So he made our tables for us. And then we had uh, friends of ours who did the artwork. And then we had other friends of ours who did the bar, like every, everybody had a hand in it. And I wanted to tell the story of why it came about rather than, okay, here's some cheesy, you know, whatever. And here you go. You know, like everything has to be a story to me. That's awesome. So, yeah. What are some of the dishes that Taproot 2.0 is going to be doing? And, yep. and maybe, you know, not even that you guys are doing right now or, or, or might do, but you know, what are some favorites from when you were, when you were over there? So uh, obviously all my favorites have hit the menu, but okay. <laughs> got it. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, right now, one of the popular dishes, which is probably our spiciest dish, we don't, I'm trying to tone it down a little bit. It's very hot food over there, but so we do a mee garang, which basically means, uh, you know, mee is yellow noodles and garang just means fried. So fried noodles, sauteed noodles. Uh, and we're doing it with lobster. You know, they don't usually do it with lobster, but it is, uh, it, it's been getting a lot of great reviews. So that's on the menu. Again, it's a street food thing that you get for probably $2 in Singapore. Ours is a bit more expensive. It also has lobster in it. So, oh, you had to say lobster. Yeah. It's my favorite food. Yeah, oh. it, it's a really, really solid dish. That's one of the good ones. Uh, uh, Mian cum, which uh, basically Mian means lettuce, cum means bite. Gotcha. So it's uh, a really fun dish. It's actually the first dish I ever had when I touched down in Singapore. Oh, okay. It's a Thai dish, but the woman who brought me over there, uh, she was Singaporean Thai. And she presented this to me, and basically, it's just a bunch of different garnishes with this really great coconut tamarind sauce. Ooh. And you pop everything into a lettuce to your liking. You know, there's some heat, there's some sour, there's some there's some spicy, and you put everything into the lettuce leaf and pop everything in your mouth, and it just sets off like fireworks. We do ours with pig's ears because why not? Like I just yeah. think, you know, again, it's not something they do. It's the the base of what they do. 
but making it ours. And we've been getting really great feedback on that. Today, it's not on the menu now, but today we were messing around with uh, what they call a murtabak. Murtabak is basically, they have a very large Indian community, and Malaysia is a big influence in, uh, or influence from Indian food. So it's uh, stuffed roti, which is Indian bread. Yeah. And we stuff it with a little bit of lamb. Oh. And then again, to make it more taproot style, we put cheddar cheese in it because cheddar cheese is really good in things. So it's basically stuffed Indian bread with uh, curry lamb and uh, cheddar cheese. And then we serve it with a little curry on the side. And it is, I, I you know, we were messing around with the last couple of days and the staff had it today and they were pretty excited about it. So I'm in tears. I wish yeah. this was a video <laughs> podcast because I'm literally in tears yeah. right now crying. So again, but all this is memory. I remember, I, I, again, <laughs> it, this is all the story, you know, like the story I was telling them today is like, yeah, so I was 20 years old. Um, I went out with the staff from, the local staff from Marriott and they got me absolutely hammered, hammered. <laughs> and two o'clock, I find myself in like the depths of like Singapore. Again, it's a very safe, safe country. Hammered out of my mind and they put this murtabak in front of me. And it was this chicken murtabak and I put it in my mouth and I, I was saying today to these guys, like, I remember the people around me. I remember, you know, where I was. I, I, I just see it all, you know, like, and that's what I, again, what the food does for me. And I want people to see that and feel that, you know, oh it's, God. it's truly from the heart. It, right. it, it, you know, like, I love it. So, wow. Sorry. I got, I, no. I got carried away there. No, but. that is, that is awesome. <laughs> no, you're describing all these foods and yeah. it's just, I mean, I love everything. I yeah. don't think there's been one thing that I just, I haven't eaten in my life. Um, you know, that was the one issue my parents had with me is they, they had a hard time keeping, keeping the fridge full. Cause I just went to town on everything cause everything was good to me. And, right. and so, I mean, that all sounds great. I mean, wow. Yeah. Lamb and lobster. That's so funny. Cause, um, Lucas local, uh, yep. in, in Newtown, um, Vince Capaletti, they had a dish um, it was uh, fresh pasta, fresh homemade pasta with a layer of lobster, a little, um, a little more fresh pasta, and then yeah. lamb bolognese on top. Oh, sweet. Lamb yeah. and lobster, they called it. And yeah. it was the craziest combination ever like, in that the world. That works, though. Yeah. So, I love what these guys, those guys are doing. I, oh, I, I yeah. I truly, you know, between Lucas Local and Centrico, those are two of the restaurants that I definitely visit in this area. Yeah, right? They're f it's uh, fun. They're just good. Yeah. You know, they're, it's good, solid food. It's yeah. not, you know, again, ba back to, you know, it's all based in tradition or, you know, like uh, Centrico. It is what it's supposed to be, but they take a spin on it, which makes it just phenomenal and different, you know, but in a good way. And, exactly. and those, I love what he's doing. Um, he's always pushing the envelope. So, I, I, you know, I like people like that, but got to keep true to what they do, though, you know? Yeah. So no. I, I definitely like those guys for sure. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I have a great time going to both those places. Mm -hmm. um, always leave satisfied. I mean, yeah, always. Um, but uh, so I know earlier we were talking about how you lived in Turks and Caicos. I did. So definitely talk about how that came to be and what you did down there. Yeah. So five years of my life. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, I, I was trying to actually, I, I was working at Union Square Cafe in New York. And I love New York. It, it truly, every time I was home, I was either working for my brother or I was in New York, one or the other. And I was, I was living in New York, working in New York. Um, and I just had this bug to go back to Thailand and I was trying to get back there, but going to Singapore, going to Thailand is so hard to get a visa. Uh, and I saw this ad come through the French culinary, like job wire or whatever it was. And there was this job in Turks and Caicos, never heard of Turks and Caicos before this. This is 2000, 
2003, 2004. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm not young. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I moved to Singapore when I was in 2001. That's awesome. Yeah. So anyway, like, again, I'm itching to go back to, to, to Thailand or Singapore, start in Singapore and then maybe go somewhere. But so the job comes across. I've never been in the Caribbean. I was like, screw it. You know, again, I'm 23, 24. Let me try it. You know, it might, um, you know, see what comes of it. And I, and I go down there and, uh, I was working in this restaurant. The chef at the time was from La Bernadette, uh, or opened up some Eric repair restaurants. So I said, it couldn't be that bad. I'll learn something or whatever. Um, didn't like him at all. And I don't care. You know, he's not, didn't, didn't enjoy working with him. Never was really focused on the food. Like I thought an Eric repair restaurant should be. Uh, and it was not an Eric repair restaurant. I didn't want to kind of get that, you know, twisted. I, I've, I've met him before and he's a phenomenal human being, but, uh, this was not what I expected. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, not to be too brash, but I got a girl pregnant (laughs) and, uh, uh, me being the person I am, I tried to do the right thing and I wound up spending another, you know, four years down there after that all happened. And, uh, luckily I brought him back here with me and I was raising him by myself for a while. And, uh, yeah, uh, it is what it is. I had a great time down there. I'm sure if I visit it again without all the whatever, it's a beautiful, beautiful island for sure. But yeah, I spent five years down there. I was going to say, you should give yourself more credit. You you look extremely young, and I would say probably the time down in in Turks and Caicos maybe did you some good. (laughs) That actually probably put the most damage on my body for sure. um, That's actually why, again, I lived down there from when I was 24 to 29, and that's supposed to be like the prime of your learning. It's the prime of your career. And, you know, I worked my ass off cooking not great food. Gotcha. And drinking every night and gotcha. maybe a few other things. And, <laughs> uh, and, and you know, again, it, it kind of, I, I felt like it was five dead years aside from doing the right thing and loving my son and raising my son. So that all came great out of it. But career wise, I think it was like a, it was a flat five years for sure. But gotcha. I loved it. I, I did love it. I did. You know, I sound negative, but. I did love it. Nice. What, <laughs> what did you do immediately after that? I came back home and just to kind of escape myself a little bit from that, you know, lobster tails and uh, what do you call it? Uh, you know, daily veg, whatever. Uh, I, I actually went to work with my brother over at La Farm. La Farm had just opened. Um, he was looking for a cook. I had another job offer as more of a, you know, a chef role. But again, I just being with that for five years, I just wanted to kind of adjust a little bit, not take so much, uh, you know, responsibility on, uh, when I was down there, I was an executive sous chef and I ran basically 21 restaurants, you know, second in charge of all this. So there's a lot of stuff on my shoulders. So I just came back. I just wanted to kind of work a 50 hour week, 60 hour week. That's that's actually a small week in chef life. Yeah. Uh, and and just cook and good, uh, cook good food. Um, so I took a, uh, took a cook job and that was great. We worked there for eight months or so. And then I just kind of, you know, started trying to, you know, carve my own little path, you know? And, uh, that's where I ended up in, uh, I think I ended up at Southwest cafe over in Ridgefield. Nice. I wanted to be close to my son. We were living in Danbury at the time. Gotcha. Um, again, yeah, I needed to be there. Um, and then, uh, I'm moving to Danbury soon. Danbury is great. I mean, before I moved to Bethel, I was there for, I guess, five years, four years or so. I mean, great town. Yeah. And then I went to Oak and Almond. I opened up Oak and Almond over in Norwalk. Oh, awesome. Yeah, was there for a year. Um, and uh, what did I do? And what, then, year, what, year, what year was that? 
what year did they open? Uh, the year before we opened up Colony. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so I get, uh, uh, 2014, we opened up Colony, I think. Okay. So 2013, maybe? Oh, right wow. around there. Okay, yeah. okay. I was living in Norwalk around that time. You were? Okay. Because that sounds so familiar. I might yeah. have. I, I think I I think I went. Yeah, I think I was there. Possibly. Might have, might have ran into you even earlier than. Uh, yeah, look than at that. <laughs> you see that? Yeah, we, but, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I opened up that. I was the sh- opening chef there, and it was great. It was, you know, it was my first platform to really put me on a plate. And we got a lot of good reviews. We got a lot of good feedback. But then my brother approached me again. And that's when Kawani came about. Uh, love. He, Kawani. yes. I, I think a lot of people do. Well, <laughs> a yeah. A lot of people love that place. But yeah. it only matters if I like it. No, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm good. So, yeah, yeah. He approached me. And I guess some for some reason, him thinking that I lived in Asia had something to do with Japanese food. And had nothing to do. <laughs> so we took a little crash course. We flew out to Japan for 10 days. Oh, cool. Um, and and kind of ate around Osaka, ate around Tokyo. And How was that? That Kyoto. sounds awesome. Awesome. It, it, it was awesome. Unfortunately, it was the biggest snowstorm they had in about 40 years. So No way. And for some reason, they don't have plows over there. So we were stuck no. in a lot of places. And there we didn't- plows? They- I, we didn't I, I, see one plow. We what? did not. Oh man, it, we, we felt bad. There's this little old man. He, I guess, he ran like a Seven Eleven or whatever the equivalent is. He was outside with like a little plastic sand shovel, scooping up this big snowstorm, and we just felt terrible for him. But oh my god! Then we came back. We went out to a bunch of places, Nate. And I remember <laughs> coming back, and there's little snowmen set up all around <laughs> around the building. This was in Tokyo. Actually. Oh man! But yeah, I, I mean, that was that was an awesome, awesome. Tokyo trip. looks insane. It's fun, but from like, it just looks like it'd be bustling. It's, it's like three Manhattans in one. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah. a great way to put it because yeah. that's what it looks like. It, for it, pictures. It's busy. It's big. There's great, great food there. I'll tell you though, Kyoto and Osaka were just absolutely mind blowing. Loved every bit of that. Yeah. Nice. Osaka was like kind of like the Brooklyn of uh, of Japan, where it's just has this kind of this you know, I, I don't want to say trendy, but like this kind of this offshoot neighborhood with just like really cool things going on tons of street food and just a really cool uh cool place to be and everything and then kyoto was old world it's like when you're watching these old uh you know japanese movies and you have the ryokans and you know the old uh tatami mats and everything and and that was just so cool so yeah we ate some great places and that was my crash course in japanese cooking and then when we came back we opened up a japanese restaurant somehow (laughs) <laughs> and and it's getting great reviews it, to this day. It's so, still it's still kicking. It's yeah. still rocking. I mean, if you look at the original menu to what it is now, you know, like there were you could tell that a lot of my influence was definitely Southeast Asian. It wasn't Japanese dishes we were putting out, but we, I mean, we did. We we put some good stuff out. The ramen was awesome, you know, and some other things we were doing. But a lot of it, a lot of the flavors, when I you know kind of hit a rut, it was like, okay, how do I you know get a good dish out? And it usually tend to you know lend towards uh, Southeast Asian. That's awesome. So, yeah. That's awesome. Love a good ramen. Oh, Love yeah. a good pho. Yeah, absolutely. What's absolutely. your thoughts on pho Vietnam and Danbury? Awesome. Yeah, right. Yeah, those guys kill it. Right? Uh, yeah, I love oh, them. Yeah. I haven't been in a minute. I got to get over yeah. there. I, that's one of the places, uh, I, I'm, when I'm home with my kids, one night a week, we usually get that. Oh, yeah. I got to get back. It's oh. the only one my daughter eats. She, she, okay. Yeah, she likes her noodles and plain uh, plain broth. So gotcha. if she's going to eat that, I'll be happy, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my son, luckily, has a great palate. He just eats everything. That's awesome. Everything, yeah, like me, like just let's yeah. go. He let's, loves Indian just... curries. He loves loves it all. Indian food is great, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I, I agree. Oh I agree. man. <laughs> so yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of the Kawani thing. Cool. You know, uh, it, it was great. I was there for three years. Had a really great time working with my brother. We had really great collaborations, and 
coming up with some really cool things. Again, I'm proud because a good portion of that menu from when I was there is still there. That's awesome. And it's still going well, and it's still getting the great accolades, and they're still doing great. So I'm very happy that what we created there and that it's able to keep going, you know, and and then uh, then it was time to open up my own place. You know, I, I've been trying for years. I was just like, you know what? If I'm not going to do it now, I'm never going to do it, you know, and that's when Taproot came about. That's awesome. So, I, And, and Taproot was, was um, it was very kind of, uh, it was kind of like a menu, you know, things would change and, and yeah. sprucing up here and there because I know you're very active with, with Holbrook Farms. You acquired it with some other people and, and you're, yep. you're very active with that. Yeah, um, the reason before before we became partners at Holbrook, um, the reason I opened up uh, Taproot is because because of Holbrook. I, I I had just bought a house probably two or three years before that in Bethel. Um, I found this great little space, um, and yeah, a, a lot of my cooking again influenced from my brother is working locally. You know, working with local vendors, but you know, Sport Hill Farm in. In Easton, you know, uh, the hickories in uh, Ridgefield and working with these different farms, you just realize what a superior product you're putting on the plate. The chef has to do nothing and and the food's going to be good, you know, and that's that was the allure to being in this area. And of course, you know, again, having two kids, I think my daughter, she might not when we made the decision, she might have my Steph might have been pregnant, my girlfriend. Uh, And we're just like, you know what? Uh, My son lost a lot of me being around. So at least if we're going to do what we love, I can at least shoot home every now and then. And um, uh, we're a half a mile from my house. It's perfect. You awesome. Know? <laughs> so I get to still do what I love. And so back to your question about like, yeah, it was very chef driven. You know, we, we, we try to just cook. We cook, for, again, cook from the heart. So if we see product, we just like to create and do different things. And I, I remember in the beginning, we, by, you know, we were only open five days. By the end of each week, we had 10 new dishes on the menu. That's awesome. And just keep constantly rotating. That is so cool. Yeah. That so, is really awesome. But I had to get away from that. It's really tough to do. So yeah, yeah. That, again, that's where the whole push towards creating that base of Southeast Asia. We can still play around with specials, but the base will stay there for a while, you know, and kind of, again, that Kawani model where, you know, it's it, it's what it is and it, it the menu lasts, but then you can still have fun aside from the menu. And Exactly. You know, and, and it lends well to takeout. Who knows when this nonsense is going to end, you know, this whole uh, COVID and so it, it goes well with takeout. Everyone loves noodles. And, and again, my passion's in it, you know, and that's where I want to be right now. Awesome. Do you have yeah. plans, uh, speaking of this whole mm-hmm. crazy pandemic and COVID, do you have plans to have outdoor seating this summer or? We had it last year. Okay. Luckily, my landlord has been phenomenal through yeah. the whole thing, has let us do a lot, has let me park my trailer in the parking lot, has let me yeah. serve out of the parking lot. <laughs> and, and not only that, but the town of Bethel has been awesome with us too. Cool. Uh, so as lo- to answer your question, as long as they allow me to, we're cool. already buying just tables and seats. <laughs> awesome. I <laughs> yeah. just, just, I figured just let the good people who listen know, um, yeah. just so, Hey, you know, if, if you, you know, if you want to come out for a nice, a nice, Absolutely. Uh, nice afternoon or evening or whatever, I'm trying to push towards the end of March. Steph's not so quick on that one, but <laughs> I I'm guess trying, we'll see yeah. right. She's in the front of the house. So she has a lot more logistics than I do. You know, right, I'm just right. cooking food. I just have to order more food and cook more food. But, <laughs> uh, you know, no, we're, we, we would, again, we're, we're probably going to start kind of reaching out to the town and to, um, to our landlords this year. Again, there's nobody in the cinema. So the space is empty. I was just so about we, to say to you. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's a shame. It's a shame. I adore. Yeah. I adore. Bethel Cinema. I always have. I mean, me, my friends, my family, we've been going there for like the longest time. So when right. it closed, you know, we understood. But man, 
man, it was like it was it was a total blow to the to the heart. But yeah. hopefully, you know, hopefully they'll come back. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, yeah. What, what's your thoughts? Because because I love Bethel. Bethel is such a great mm. town. It is. I'm pretty is. sure almost every podcast I've had recently bethel came up somehow about how great is bethel how great is bethel? like it is just yeah. so great it's such a cool town it's growing in a very positive way there's some really cool people doing some great stuff there uh there's a lot of a lot of people coming in it needs that draw it needs that love um I, again it, it might be tough to come up with a full-on cinema you know especially what's going on and you know, you could basically stream any movie you want right now, but nothing beats going to a movie and of sitting there going yeah, on a yeah. date, and, you know. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. You know, like there, there's been people in there. Um, one person um, who was very promising towards it. Uh, hopefully that will work out because I really got along with him. And uh, cool. I, I'm just not saying his name because I don't know if it's you know public oh, knowledge. You know, no but, worries at all. But yeah, he he great great guys. Um, and, uh, you know, that would be awesome if they came in there, but there's been other people also looking at it again. I just don't know unless somebody personally has the money to kind of just take it over, but I just don't see anything anytime soon. So yeah, I'm going to make the most of the space and gotcha. do what I can. Yeah, yeah. no, no, yeah, I, but I definitely I, having I totally that agree. foot traffic would help a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree on both ends. Totally, yeah. totally get that. And, you know, speaking of Bethel, I mean, there's so much great food in Bethel. Yeah. And then. And then when you're done, uh, you know, having your dinner, you can go to Dr. Mike's. I mean, what is yeah. better than that? I mean, right. Dr. Mike's is so good. Yeah, they it crush is it. It's so good. It, Absolutely. Pound for pound. Uh, it is some uh, of the best ice cream around. It is. Yes. And, and, you know, like, it's obviously, so under, well, I don't want to say they don't have a name, name, but. Yeah. It, 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 I, sometimes I say they're underrated because I go to other places yeah. and, and the line is just crazy. The line does get crazy at Dr. Mike's, but sometimes I'm like, man. They're so slept on sometimes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, they could put out a vanilla ice cream, and you're like, "Holy shit, this is some <laughs> really good fucking vanilla ice cream." Well, I know, you know it's so true. Look, but that's what's great about, like, you yeah. know, all the other ones have their little uh, nichey things, you know. But like, yeah. if you could put out a vanilla ice cream, like, it's the same thing. Like, simple, if you could yeah. put out a chicken that, like, people are like, "Holy shit, this is chicken." <laughs> Then you're doing something right, you know. Exactly. Like it, it, it's like, and, and that's what's great about Dr. Mike's. Exactly. Like they, they only have eight to ten flavors. Sorry if I'm doing them wrong. If I'm undercutting them, but you know, like they only have yeah, a few no, flavors, it's, it's a, and, and they crush great. it. Yeah, yeah, they're they really few really flavors, good yep. and they're great. Yeah. Like that's perfect. That's exactly what you need. <laughs> but yeah, that and that's what draw drove us to Bethel anyway when we bought the house. My girlfriend was from Bethel, but you know we were looking in Danbury. We were looking in Newtown. And I just love something about the town. You know, it has that old world charm, but it's very quirky. Like I always reference like Molten Java, the coffee shop. Oh, I love Molten I Java. I walked in there for the first time. I was like, I want to be here, you know, and, and I just love it. Wendy's fantastic. The owner, uh, every, all, every staff who works there is just better than the next, you know? And it's just like, that's what I want this town to be, you know, like really cool old world, but fun and quirky and interesting, you know? You go into Jacqueline's, you feel like you're going into like a yeah. an old school old restaurant school diner or diner or from like yeah. way back, and it all has that feel. And yep. they're huevos rancheros. <laughs> Let me tell you, okay, yeah, absolutely. And I miss O'Neill's. I got to tell you, when yeah. O'Neill's was leaving, I was sad because many, many a breakfast and lunch there yeah. for many, many years. And, well, I think a uh, lot of people. He was a cornerstone for a while, but yeah. again, but you know the things that happened with this whole, yeah situation you know it's just it, it's unfortunate so hopefully we could save as many as we can you know and i know you know you mentioned carlos before i know he's a big driver in you know helping things out a little bit you know and trying to 
hopefully save whatever we can, you know, and, you know, salvage as many restaurants as we can for sure. You exactly. Know? You know, I saw last week you were hanging out with Steph from CT Bites. I was, um, yes. She's great. She is so awesome. Yeah. Uh, she's going to be coming on the podcast uh, probably, you know, in a few months or something like oh, that. Sweet, we're, sweet. we're trying to work out a date. She's super busy crushing what she does. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm sure we'll work out something and I'm sure it'll be awesome. Well, she's but, great. Uh, she's been a massive, massive supporter for the Connecticut yeah, right? industry. I think yeah. it's one of the most overlooked industries. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, again, I've traveled a little bit within the United States too. And what Connecticut is putting out is really phenomenal, you know, and it's, again, we're a small state and of course there's better food states or but, you know, between the pizza and just some great restaurants like your Millwrights uh, up in Simsbury and, you know, what uh, my brother's doing, what, you know, Brian Lewis is doing, Matt Storch and all these guys, you know, it's just like mm, friend really of the pod. doing some great Chef stuff. Chef Storch, friend of the pod. Yeah, Love there you that go. Guy. There you go. Awesome guy. I, yeah, actually, I listened to it. I, I, well, he was one of the podcasts I listened to. <laughs> he's yeah. awesome. He's yeah, awesome. he's a good dude. And, and again, another guy who's just kind of, you know, working towards, get, you know, helping people out. And he's always been a really great guy. So he... <laughs> I worship the ground he walks on. And but then the reason I say that, let me preface, is because lobster 24/7. I mean, and burgers. <laughs> and then and then you can do both. I mean, right. it's like, you know, like I was saying before, I love lobster and I, you know, I go there every year for my birthday. It's been like a tradition for years. Yeah. And um just the fact that I can get like a lobster roll or, you know, anything or like a full lobster any day of the week, I'm just like I'm down yeah and i was just yeah. like it was such a big fan from the start so yeah 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 i mean uh, in, in that area you know you have matt again or chef matt who's doing some great stuff uh at lobster uh burger lobster and then you have um not norms over in norwalk who yeah you know he's great he just opened up a place up in rhode island which i'm very another happy great, for him you another know, great like, spot uh his lobster rolls are killer my, my favorite thing i don't eat a lot of lobster so his oyster roll is like Holy shit. Gotcha. Could, yeah. Love oysters. Killer. Killer. Absolutely, absolutely love oysters. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So listen, um, a few more things before we wrap up. Yeah, and absolutely. Thank you, and thank you so much. This I love great. this. I can go all night. I, I know, right? <laughs> People always, they come by, they get comfortable, and then yeah. like an hour goes by, and they're like, this, that's it. And I'm like, right. I'm like, yeah, but like, this is great. What this was is I saying great. before it started? Like, I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah, right? And now you're just like, let's talk all night. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's awesome. And, uh, uh, you know, we got a great vibe going and you're mm -hmm. awesome. And listen, Jeffs, we have to stick together. I tell us to all the Jeffs yeah, I work with. I work with like three Jeffs at my job uh -huh. and we were always like, you know, we always got each other's backs because we, you know, we got to stay together. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. But, uh, one of those things I want to ask you yeah, is, sure. you know, when you do get some free time, if yep. you do, I mean, I'm sure it's so super limited, but when you do, what are some things you like to do? Uh, I mean, mostly, I'm sure. Uh, I'm yeah. sure spending time with family, yeah, of course, is a lot of it's one, obviously spending time with my kids. Gotcha. You know, that, that's the biggest thing. Gotcha. Um, I have a nice big garden at the house that I'm trying to work on a little bit. Oh, uh, nice. Trying to expand that. Due to my philosophy in cooking, and due to the fact that the ingredients that I'm going to be using in a new restaurant don't necessarily grow in this area, <laughs> I'm on the verge of buying a greenhouse. Why I don't know, but that's kind of what I want to buy at my house. And I want to grow some of these ingredients, at least at my house, so that I'll have them around the you know, year round. We have a huge one across the street. Um, right across the street from me is Castle Hill Farm. Okay. They have a huge one, and they grow yeah. a ton of different things in there, and it does extremely well. So Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, you know, a lot of it's doable for sure. You yeah. know, there's people who grow it in this area, some great farmers who grow some ginger and, oh, yeah. you know, lemongrass and the, we'll see what the cost is and if it makes sense. <laughs> but, you know, and then other things, you know, like, just visiting other chefs and visiting other restaurants, you know, I, you know, I mentioned these other guys before, but like 
another guy who gets kind of overlooked a lot, who for me is by far one of the top chefs in the state is Dan Cardos. Oh, uh, I mean, I know Dan. Well, I yeah. don't know him personally, but I see him like all over Instagram yeah. all the time crushing it. I mean, his <laughs> food is just so on point and he, he cooks the food that people want. You know what I mean? Like he's known for his chicken sandwich and maybe that's why he doesn't get the, the birdhouse. I feel yeah. like I have to get to birdhouse. That, that's I, the one I got to get. Yeah, to. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Let's yeah, go. Let, let's do it. Up. Let's do it. Yeah. I, I haven't had a chance to, since he's opened it, I've been kind of, you know, hunkered down with trying to, you know, the truck and then making the restaurant work and everything. No, totally. But, um, what he does, he always puts great stuff on a plate. And he, like I said, you know, he's over at Tribus a lot. I mean, he'll cook a hot dog and put friggin' lobster on top. Why the fuck not? I mean, like, why? Have, you know, he cooks the shit that it's just to like. Talk to him. <laughs> you look at the food, you're like, why the fuck didn't I think of that? You know, like, and it's so slamming. But I, I truly do like, and I think because of the food he does, he gets overlooked. But honestly, I, I put him. I'll put him up against some of the best chefs in this state by far. I think I'll have to by reach far. out to Dan. Yeah. To Dan, please and, do, uh, and have him on the podcast if he wants. Yeah. That'd be great. That'd I, be he'd awesome. be great on this day. Yeah? He's a lot okay. more personable than me. Uh, perfect. That'd be awesome. I'll have. I'll be yeah. definitely be reaching out. Be so great. that that's one of the things I have to kind of put on my near uh, near future. You sure. Know, yeah, that'd be great. And I'm a big fan. I watch him afar, and um, I see everything he's doing. And yep. every time he posts, I'm like, man, that's. That's what I I'm feeling right now. Like I want yeah. it. Like that's like he's the kind of guy where like you're craving something and then he just posts it and you're like, damn. <laughs> right. Yeah, is wish he I was in, here. Is he like Santa? Is he in yeah. my <laughs> Yeah, he does some great, great stuff for sure. You know, like awesome. And that's the thing. Like and that's that's kind of another like food thing, is like you don't always have to pull a tweezer out to put something on a plate, you know, like sure. cook a fucking piece of fried chicken, but make it fucking great. Exactly. You know, like make food great. <laughs> exactly. And, and, but don't overthink it. You know, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. And just, you know, the simplest food is sometimes the best for me. You know, ask any chef what they eat at home. I guarantee it's not what they're putting on their plate at their restaurant. You know, <laughs> exactly. Like, it, it's that's something simple. It's a roast chicken and mashed potatoes. That's what I'll eat every day of the week. That's yeah. awesome. So that that's kind of, you know, that's kind of what his food does for me. But again, with that, that twist that you don't think of, but you wish you did, you know, right. Like, that's what he does. That's so. super, that's super cool. Yeah. I mean, he's serving braised short ribs off a food truck. Like who's yeah, doing that? I, I know. know. <laughs> I know. No, not, not, no one I know of. <laughs> right. Right. He's, he's crushing it. So that's yeah, awful. if you get a chance, get up there for sure. Yeah, definitely. For sure. That's, that's, uh, that's on my list. On my to do should be, that's going to be number one. I'm going to bump it up. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So you were talking about sports before. Yeah. Um, what sports are you really into and who are your teams and um everything like that football and baseball okay um i i don't really watch baseball much again i played it in college but you know i kind of gave it up and it, it through all my international travels it wasn't much of a sport so you kind of when you don't watch it on a regular you kind of lose it and every now and then i'll catch a yankee game you know and try to check in but football i try to watch religiously every sunday i i'm a dolphin fan how I don't know. Been from uh, the time I could remember. You know, Jeff, like a, you just broke my heart. I'm sorry. Yankees and the Dolphins. <laughs> I'm a Mets and Jets fan. You well, just, that's your problem. You just dude. took my heart and you ripped it out <laughs> and you threw it on the ground. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, like I, I don't know how. My brother's a Cowboy fan. I'm a Dolphin fan. How either one of us came Bill's about? Bill's a Cowboy we're from, fan. We're from New York, so I don't know how it all Bill's happened. Bill's a Cowboy fan. He Bill, is. He come is. On. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm yeah, but uh, you know that 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 that's kind of my away time. You know, like again, sure. when it's not with the kids, when it's not at the restaurant, I like to just sit there and watch a Dolphin game, and that's kind of my, you know, or or like <laughs> I said, getting a uh, getting a garden and just kind of just zone out for three four hours. You know. 
That's awesome. Yeah. That's really great. You know, with everything that you do, yep. what is, um, you know, what's the best part about what you do and what is the hardest part? Uh, best part for sure. I mean, and again, it sounds cheesy and sappy, but feeding people, it's fun. Just creating, putting shit on a plate is just like having no boundaries, having no rhyme or reason, just doing it and, and, and getting that, you know, you know, maybe it's selfish, but just getting that instant gratification of just like, shit, that was good. You know, they're just seeing their faces. You know, I, I made sure I put a window in the kitchen, you know, when we, when we moved in so I could see everyone's face for negative and bad Steph will tell you it's because I want to point <laughs> out why are they not liking the food? Why go talk to them? Why are they not happy? <laughs> they're fine. They're fine. You know? But, uh, and then yeah. your Instagram blows up. <laughs> and then, yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. We actually have really, really good feedback for sure. Um, but I, I even lost the question. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that that's the fun part of it is just like again creating and putting stuff and I don't want to say creating like you know like obviously everything comes from somewhere. Nobody's inventing dishes. There are you know your Dan Barbers and your you know you know Grant Ackett's and uh, those guys are inventing. I'm just kind of taking something that I've had and I'm reinventing or I'm redoing or I'm you know kind of doing it my way. Right. You know and, and it's fun. It's fun to do that, you know. Um so that's probably the best part of what I do. Worst part? Ugh. There is no bad parts. I don't, I, you know, like I truly, and I, and I say this to everybody and it's like, if, if I didn't have kids, I would honestly live at my restaurant. I truly, truly would. I mean, I, I dropped my daughter off in the morning by seven 30. I'm there from seven 30. And then depending if I have to go home or not uh, to watch them, I'm there till 10 o'clock at night. I, I just love it. I, I love being there. Um, I love doing different things so that, that, you know, there's really not too many negatives, you know, it's not, of course you hate the shitty reviews and you know, a lot of it, you got to point at yourself and kind of, you, you, you try to take it on the chin. There's no, you should never take it personal. You know, you should, even if it's like a terribly written review, you should take it and just say, all right, how do I make it better? You know, how, how do I, how do I fix it? And, and, and that's a fun part as well is like not getting that constant, you know, oh, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's getting those knockdowns and like, okay, let me go back. Let me taste it. Let me. How do I make it better for everybody to enjoy? And it's never going to happen, but that constant drive, it's what keeps you going. It's what keeps you kind of focused on trying to make food better. I try to please everyone. The reality of it happened, never. But <laughs> you never, that drive yeah, you is can never what please happens. everybody for right. sure. Yeah. But, you know, again, that's what we work for. We work to make everyone happy. It's hospitality, right? So I, ha I hate when people get upset when someone's mad or when it's the hospitality industry. Go above and beyond for people. With respect, you know, if somebody's like, I don't know how, I, how far I can go on this, but if someone's an asshole, you know, uh, then that's a different story. But as long as they're respectful, try to fucking go above and beyond and take care of them for sure. What's the one biggest thing you've either learned or taken away from all your years uh, being a chef and, and cooking and, and doing what you do? Be fair. Be fair. I do have a terrible temper. Um, <laughs> as most chefs would tell you, <laughs> I really have this past year. I think that's another thing COVID has taught me is I'm really, I'm really focusing on getting it under control, but even the people who, even the staff who I have yelled at, who have, who I've kind of blown up at. And, and again, I, I've always apologized. They will tell you that it's, they understand why, you know what I mean? Like, that's the one thing. Be fair. Not only rip them apart when they do something wrong, which again, I'm trying to work on, but give them the praise that they deserve. Cause I'm not putting out 80 dinners a night. They're putting out 80 dinners a night. You know what I mean? Like, so you got to be fair with that. You got to be fair on, um, you know, giving people the respect that they deserve. That's why you never see 
when I post a picture, if I didn't create the dish, I'm not taking the credit for the dish. You know, be fair to the person that created that dish. I'll put it on my menu. Even though it's my menu, they created a banging dish. Why wouldn't I serve it at my restaurant? You know what I mean? You got to give the praise to those people. You got to, you know, so, so that's the one thing I've learned is be fair, you know, and, and, and also honesty there as well as fairness. There's not one person who's ever worked for me. And again, I might come across as, uh, you know, a, a bit blunt and everyone will tell you I'm very blunt, but I've never understood what you accomplish from not just saying what you should say, not just speaking the truth. You know what I mean? Like if. Totally. I can tell you the truth. Totally agree. You either take it or you leave it. Exactly. But if I don't tell you the truth, you don't know what to do with it. You know, so like th- those are the two main things that I kind of live my life uh, in general, but also in the restaurant, you know, be fair, you know, and I-, I try to have a good time with them. We, we, we have a lot of fun. We crank the music. We listen to music. We, uh, you know, we'll have a drink after shift or whatever, but like, you know, treat people like people don't, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, I, I was interviewed a guy today and it was like, I was like, just one part of your job, you're going to be doing the dishes. He's like, that's okay. I was like, good, because I do the dishes. So if I could do the dishes, you're going to do the dishes too. You know, like, and I do. I mean, 90% of my time there, I'm doing dishes, you know, because I have my cook. So they needed help dishwashing. I'd wash dishes. Be fair. Treat people with respect. I'm not above anyone because without them, I'm not going to achieve what I need to achieve, you know? And I, I hope they see that and I hope they respect that. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's beautiful. And you know, one thing here at the podcast I've learned and taken away is realness. Yeah. And you are real and I Thank love you. it. And that's one of the reasons why I'm a big fan and one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on. And it's a huge honor of mine to even have you here in my yeah. home talking to you. It's awesome. <laughs> this like, is awesome. I've, I've had a great time. Well, thank me. you so much. I only took one glass of bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. It's been an yeah. absolute pleasure. And one thing I like to ask my guests before they leave me is, you know, being how Connecticut is the powerhouse in the country for pizza when you're up in New Haven, if you get a chance to go up there or if you have, what's your favorite place up there? Do you have a favorite spot around here if you're willing to go there? And do you have a few other restaurants that maybe are under the radar that you like to go to that people should know about? Um, well, to be honest with you, I am not a Connecticut guy and I don't go to New Haven often. And if I do, I usually get the food trucks on the, uh, on the wharf there. Fair but when enough. I have eaten pizza <laughs> in New Haven, it was bar. Okay. And it was really good yeah but love bar I, too but that i i you know i i heard you ask carlos when i was listening to a podcast last night and i you know i i know of the places that he mentioned and i know the places you always talk about in your other podcast yeah i just never been there so i can't speak on okay it, you know like and i'm sure they're crazy good um but that's that's the one i'll I've take you that's to. fine yeah, yeah. um <laughs> i don't know if it's so much under the radar because she's absolutely phenomenal but along with you know getting up to the birdhouse uh with cardos but uh you know, Tavern on State is a place I, I've been dying to go to. Uh, Emily, interesting. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's in New Haven. Oh, okay, uh, awesome. Yeah. Even better. Yeah, um, I, love, I love going. To New I, Haven. I would love to get over there. It's just Tavern you know State. the okay the Tuesdays or Monday Tuesday when I'm off or you know whatever. I I she's closed, and that's always uh, you know right. Every chef you talk to is going to tell you the same thing. It's like I've heard I'm that. off and they're closed. I've heard that. The a reason few you're times. off is because their restaurants are closed too. Right? Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. You know, so I, I would love to get up there. Tavern love. on State. Okay. Tavern on State, okay. as well as you know Grano Arso um, up in Chester. I think Cheshire. Oh. Cheshire, I, I, I'm terrible with town, so no, I that's apologize okay. if anyone's listening. But that's uh, okay. Yeah, I mean that's another one, uh, Granoir. So, uh, but none of them are under the radar. They all have pretty good accolades. Oh, okay, but, okay, cool. Um, I respect the chefs that are doing stuff 
under the radar shit. Have you ever been to Swift with a Y S W Y? I went there for brunch once. Yeah. Okay. It was yeah. good. It was a great meal. I, yeah. I had a I had a few people that have come through the podcast recently mm-hmm. that have recommended them um, highly, and and yeah. I didn't even know about it, so I was like, that's my bad. Yeah, they're so, over in uh, they're over in Richfield. Uh, sorry, uh, Litchfield, Richfield, uh, Litchfield. They're over there. Um, Oh, cool. I was just up there a month ago interviewing yeah. Carlos. So Yeah, we had brunch there once. Go back. It, was, it was really good. Um, cool. I, I just don't go to Litchfield for anything. You know, we, we did the whole Kent trip up there, and <laughs> so we stopped, in, uh, you know, stopped at Swift and kind of did the whole fall. Gotcha, and, gotcha. Um, yeah, I don't really know under the radar, to be honest with you. Okay. No, no worries <laughs> yeah, at all. Yeah, I'm not really good on the food scene. Like I said, I kind of keep my head down, and I keep working here. So yeah, I just, no, of course. Um, and we know. appreciate you for it. Thank you. And, um, you know, I'm really excited about Taproot 2.0, so definitely right now, um, take this opportunity to just yeah. let everyone know, like, where you're at, what are your hours, and um, what, the, what the deal is now. Yeah, so, you know, we're still kind of a work in progress in week two. We are opening this week, Wednesday to Saturday, um, 4.30 to 8.30 Wednesday and Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're open 4.30 to 9. That just means the kitchen's closed. You could stay until 10 or whatever the state says. I don't even know at this point. I think it's 11 now. Yeah, is it 11? I but think you, maybe. Okay, you could stay till 11. Steph might not like it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah, and, and we're starting takeout this week, so we should see because- the phone didn't stop from the time we announced we're reopening. We didn't do takeout last week just to kind of get our feet under us. Um, so we should see. But again, it's uh, Wednesday through Saturday, 4.30 we open. Um, and then hopefully in the next week or two, we'll probably add either a Tuesday or a Sunday, depending on how staff shakes out and what we could really figure out. Uh, you know, But that's kind of what we're doing. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I will be by very soon. Cool. I cannot cool. wait. I'm super excited based on what you told me uh, today. And uh, listen, Jeff. Thank you so much, you. Chef Jeff Tavy of Taproot 2.0. So many other great things. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having And me. have a great night. Awesome. Good night, guys. Huge thanks once again to my guest on the podcast today, Chef Jeff Tavy. Thank you so much for coming by the studio and chatting. What an absolute blast. Loving the new menu at Taproot. I will keep coming back for more and more. And I wish you and Steph and your entire team nothing but love and continued success. Yet again, just like that, another episode of Sweeten Up is in the books. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. We would greatly appreciate your feedback. As a reminder, you can play the podcast with the help of your smart speaker by simply saying, play the podcast Sweeten Up with Jeff Spencer. Thank you as always to my best friends, the guys who make it all possible, post-production and music Morgan Lutzi, art director Kurt Vinci, editor and writer Nick Passacreta, and huge thanks as always to my guy, Devin Sapelli. Next week on the podcast, I will be joined by the great and powerful Johnny Krasuski. Johnny Krasuski is the founder and captain of Armada Brewing Company located in East Haven, Connecticut, which is tucked inside of the Beer Axe, Connecticut's first collaborative brewery. It all began when a passion for craft beer and fantasy adventure stories collided on a kitchen stovetop while founder Johnny was living in Chicago, Illinois. Armed with a journal of beer recipes and an epic story to tell, Johnny moved back to his home state of Connecticut and launched Armada Brewing to the public in January 2017. Since then, Armada Brewing has continued to grow into one of Connecticut's premier breweries. But until then, you know the deal. Stay safe, stay healthy, love you all, peace.